This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. Coming up, Nick throws me a curveball. I didn't expect him to say this when he was predicting AJ versus Klitschko. I'm sorry to say, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna put some money on Klitschko. I just feel like um... is that hedging your bets or are you going all in on Klitschko? Uh, no, I'm going to go all in. One of our loyal listeners has sent us a picture of Nick 10 years ago. It's a beauty. Those of you, you know what Nick looks like because you've seen our social media, you know exactly what he looks like. He's got a lovely sweep over haircut. Yeah, he's got a lovely groomed beard, all that type of stuff. <laughs> Not on this. Not oh, 10 no. years ago, sir. Not 10 years ago, mate. I'd tell you something, there were beads all over the place 10 years ago. He was <laughs> doing the rosary on the way to the fights. <laughs> and of course, if I'm going to play that card... He's only going to go and get me back, isn't he? I think it's about time as well, Adam, isn't it? That I uh, that I pull that picture out of you from ten years ago. I'll have to go. I'll have to dig that out. And uh, which one? You know the one, son. Which one? The one where you're in pantomime with oh, my sister ten years shit. ago. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode ninety-five of the Fight Disciples podcast. And I tell you something, today is an absolute screamer. This whole week's been an absolute screamer because on Monday, if you haven't heard it yet, we caught up with Scott Quigg. We had a little bit of a chat about his new training regime with Freddie Roach over at the Wild Card in LA. Uh, and then, obviously, we got his predictions for the big fight, AJ versus Klitschko. Yesterday, the bomber was in town. We caught up with him talking about his aspirations of hopefully becoming heavyweight champion of the world. And, obviously, he's working this weekend, so we got his take on everything he thinks about AJ Klitschko. Today, we're going to dumb it down a little bit because it's us two morons. Uh, we're going to give you a little bit of our thought process uh, towards AJ Klitschko. But before we do that, we need to, obviously, look back at a fantastic weekend uh, of boxing stateside. So, if you want to catch up with everything regarding the Liverpool show, go and listen to our chat with Tony Bellew yesterday because he was commentating on it. We got his take on Masher, we got his take on Rocky Fielding and Martin Murray and everything that happened in the Liverpool show. So that's on that show. I think today we just concentrate on everything else that happened. Berto Porter, Charlo Hartley, Tommy Langford getting bingoed by the mini Mike Tyson. All that, that's going to be on this show. So make sure uh, you stick with us. If you have only just stumbled across us, uh, you can subscribe via iTunes. Uh, the easiest way is going through our website, fightdisciples.com. Um, there's buttons there. Hit the button, and if you press subscribe, you'll get all our episodes. Um, we normally do three a week, but this week we're doing five because it is a big, big week. We're also on social media, at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Come and join that daily conversation. And I don't know about you, Nick, but I'm getting it left, right, and centre on all social medias about this fight that we can. We know it's massive. We know it's huge. We know that the Americans are bought into it because two of the big broadcasters have decided to go toe-to-toe, HBO and uh, and Showtime. We know it's massive here in the UK. We know it's massive worldwide. It sold 90,000 tickets in Wembley. So therefore, there's um, added interest from not just boxing fans, from casual sports fans that want to know about AJ Klitschko. My wife's even interested in it. She doesn't even fucking listen to this show, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> She's interested in it. She wants to say, well, who do you think's going to win it? How's this? Somebody was talking to me in the supermarket about this fight and all this type of stuff. It's really caught people's imaginations and we're getting tons on social media and it's 50-50. People are saying, listen, don't you come on polishing AJ's balls this week. I want you to give Klitschko a fair crack of the whip. Well, I'll tell you something. Monday's show, Tuesday's show, both of our guests have said if this goes beyond four rounds, this is Klitschko's fight. Yeah, and I, you know, I one hundred percent agree with them as well. In fact, if you know, if I was a better man, and I am, 
Um, <laughs> if I was going to have a flutter, which I will, um, I'm sorry to say I'm going to have to, I'm going to put some money on Klitschko. I just feel like um, is that hedging your bets or are you going all in on Klitschko? Uh, no, I'm going to go all in. I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. You know, hand on heart, if if you know if my if my mortgage payment was on the line, obviously I would go with Joshua. I think Joshua will start as favourite, but I think from a just from the outside looking in, I think this is a completely different level for Anthony Joshua. I think Klitschko's had plenty of time out of the ring to get his head round the Fury defeat. Um, and what that did to him more emotionally than anything else. And I just think that Joshua, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to get this guy out of there early because everyone's saying it. Everyone's saying he's got to do it inside four rounds. He, that will be reiterated constantly all this week at the final press conferences and everything else. Um, I think he's got to be mean, he's got to be tough, and he's got to be aggressive, mm. and he's got to get in there, and he's got to do something that... Um, you know that that Fury didn't do. Fury didn't get in there and pounce on Klitschko and knock him out. He he got into his head and, and worked him through twelve rounds and done a bit of a number on him. He, he's got to do more of a, a Cory Sanders, Lamont Brewster type thing. A Cory Sanders just wipe him out early on. I think that's what the pressure is on him to get in there and do what Cory Sanders did. What feels like a million years ago. What was that? Two thousand and three or something like that. He's got to get in there, pounce on him. And, and, and do a number on Klitschko. The difference there, of course, was Cody Sanders was an absolute rank outsider. No yeah. one gave him any chance. He just kind of landed a big lottery punch. Klitschko knows what's Klitschko coming with you, doesn't he? He knows but what's coming. Exactly, that's the difference. You know, it, AJ is not a big a big fat pudding, which Cody Sanders was at the time. You know, he was just a big, huge puncher. Mark Hunt style physique. You know, mm. the, AJ is the real deal. He looks sensational. His record speaks for itself. He puts people to sleep. Um, and Klitschko will obviously be aware of that, which means Klitschko's attitude will be completely different. And I think he's seen this before. Klitschko is so long in the tooth. He's seen young guys coming through with big expectations and everything else. Whether he's faced anybody in his career as fast as Anthony Joshua, you know, probably not. As Tony Bell, you told us yesterday, he's pro- AJ is probably the fastest puncher we've seen, combinations puncher, since Mike Tyson. The difference was... Mike Tyson had that level of intimidation where he would get in your head as well. We've not seen Anthony Joshua do that. And I think that's a missed opportunity. I think Klitschko comes into this fight with a clear head and a clear mind. Do you not reckon he looks really calm as well? Looks super calm. Yeah. You know, and that's that's when these guys are at the most destructive. The Klitschko's, he was all over the place when he was getting in with Tyson Fury. Yeah, he Tyson was. Fury broke him, absolutely broke him. And he went in there with so much pent up aggression. With this fight, Klitschko is approaching this fight on Saturday like a chess match because he's been allowed to do that. He's been allowed to think his way through. AJ's paid him all the respect in the world. Now, that's not to say AJ isn't going to explode. But he's got to he's got to change. Anthony Joshua's got to change between now and the fight. He can no longer be Vladimir Klitschko's mate. He's got to get in there and stamp his authority and pounce on him. I truly believe that he's got to pounce on him because I agree with what Scott Quigg said and what Tony Bellew said that if this goes past four rounds, the fight momentum swings the other way because suddenly. The weight of expectation will start weighing on Anthony Joshua. The lactic hassle will, will build up in that incredible physique that he's got. The doubts will start coming into his mind. And that's when it becomes Klitschko's fight. You see, I think, I personally think that AJ, I think it goes longer than the Dillian White fight, which was seven rounds. But I think AJ 
I don't know. There's something telling me in my head that he will get this job done and he will knock out Vladimir Klitschko and something's telling me round eight. I'm probably wrong because everybody that we've spoken to is saying the total opposite. He's got to do it in that in that first four rounds. Klitschko's that wily old character. He'll keep him on the end, end of his jab. And I can see it happening. This is the beauty of this fight. This is why it's so exciting because yeah. so many people are tweeting us, Facebook messaging us, Instagramming us. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for getting involved and, and throwing your two peas into the ring, how you see it going. Some people think AJ's going to blast him in a round. Some think that it might go later on. Some think it, uh, Klitschko might land one of them big Dr. Steel hammers early doors and then it might go a little bit further. Everybody's got a different opinion. And that's the beauty of this fight because we can't, we can't sit here and go, that's definitely going to happen. That's the beauty of it. That's why the Americans are bought into it. That's why there's two massive broadcasters scrapping with each other, wanting to get the rights to this fight, because it's one of them where you just don't know what's going to happen. No, exactly. And that's what makes it, as, as you say, that's why it's that's why we're all engrossed and we're absolutely fascinated. Uh, the build-up has been... It's been weird because... It's crap, mate. You can the say The build-up has been awful, yeah. yeah. It, it hasn't been exciting at all. There's been no real landmark moments so far we're still four you know four days out of the fight don't get me wrong there's still a there's still a couple of stories to be told but at this point i can't envisage anything else happening except you know plenty of nice handshakes plenty of nice posing and smiles in everybody's faces and mm. i'm sorry that just doesn't at least Lennox, doesn't even, resonate, even you know Lennox I mean? lewis got into a few fights didn't he in these press conferences exactly, That's what we, need. You know, we need a bit of that i want to see a little bit of verbal now you've paid your respects aj we get it now Fucking tell him this is my backyard, son. I tell you what's going to happen. Coming here, old man, and you're going to be fucking smashed to bits. That's what he's got to start. I don't know. Maybe it's AJ's plan is to, is to do the opposite of Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury just as he does, completely and utterly bamboozled Klitschko, and he did not know what he was going to do next, and that played into his hands in the fight because he had no idea what Fury was going to do. And Fury does what he always does, and he just makes it look like a complete and utter farce. Mm. And works his way through the fight, and suddenly the fight's over, and it's game over. AJ's the other way. AJ's more of the Mike Tyson approach for me. He's he's gonna blow you away inside four rounds, and he's got to try and convince himself of that as well. It's tough at the moment because it's such a huge step up for Anthony Joshua. You know, this is not Dillian White, Charles Martin, Dominic this Brazil, is proper, man. Eric this is Molina. You know, these these aren't. This isn't a paper heavyweight. This is the greatest heavyweight of this generation that you're getting in with. You know, Klitschko was champion for over a decade. Him and his brother completely and utterly changed the face of the sport. Whether you think that's for, for the better or worse, it doesn't really matter. They changed the face of the sport. They took the heavyweight championship away from America and took it to mainland Europe. And it's been there for well over a decade now. And yes, Fury beat him and everything else. But for me, all... Aside from the Fury performance, when people you see people are looking, I think people are looking a bit too much at the Fury performance saying, ah, he's finished. He's finished now. No, it's because Fury's a freak, but mate. Fury just has that ability to get inside your head and just to ruin you. And he's unorthodox when you get in there. He's Completely. boxing from all different angles. He's not a heavy, he's, he's not the traditional heavyweight. Where you could argue that AJ, yes, he's a lot faster and a lot more powerful than Tyson Fury, but he's also a lot more predictable yeah. than Tyson Fury. You know what he's going to do. He throws shots, heavy shots, in threes and fours. But if you can slip those shots, or if you can drag him into deep water when he's starting to slow down, you know, we've never it, seen AJ go past seven rounds. No, and forget. keep him at range. You're yeah. fighting a man that is is the king of keeping people at range. He just exactly. keeps you on the end of the jab. He did it for over a decade. He fucking put he put the entire heavyweight division, you know, on the end of his jab. Yeah, <laughs> to sleep he basically. He put them to sleep, and he put every fan to sleep as well, you know, because they they made. 
him and his brother, especially Vladimir, they they made the heavyweight division twelve round city. It was just like taking everybody deep into rounds, winning every round, punishing them up. And then if the finish came late on, fair enough, but they were quite willing to go to a wide points majority for the for the bulk of their careers. It's been great that Tyson's come, Tyson Fury's come in and rocked the boat and threw, all, threw everything out of the pram. AJ hopefully is the one that's going to come through, obliterate Kritschko, and it'll be this whole new dawn yeah. of heavyweight boxing. So. That's what we pray for. Yeah, that's what we so, yeah. want as fight fans. Let me just make that point. That's what I want more than anything. But for me right now, it's the, the step up is more about Anthony Joshua leaping, absolutely leaping up levels than it is about Anthony uh, Vladimir Klitschko being old or past it. I don't believe he is. I don't believe he is old. I don't believe he is past it. I think it's going to be a massive, massive test for Anthony Joshua with this one. And if he can come through it, if he can land the punch that matters in the first five or six rounds, four rounds, whatever you think, then it changes the face of boxing again. It's going to be amazing. But if that doesn't happen inside five or six rounds, wow, then we've got a real night on our hands because I think then that could be, it could be, could turn out to be the second coming of Klitschko. Maybe. Um, just to spice things up, what odds are you going to give me for Shannon Briggs turning up at the press conference? Shannon will 100 million percent be there. <laughs> Shannon Briggs will be there. And listen, this is the biggest fight. Yeah. The biggest fight and of he's got, ours, history, you know, he's got so. history with Klitschko. He loves a little bit of a yeah, tete-a-tete with Klitschko, Everyone will be it? there. Everyone will be there. If, I hope he is there because he'll probably have it out with uh, he'll have it out with David Hay, won't he? So he'll have it out with everybody, mate. He yeah. don't care. He wants he'll to call scrap. out Tony Bellew, probably. Yeah, yeah. Tony will be there as well, I'm sure. So this that's what these great. The, there's so much going on around these big fights. A fight of this magnitude. There's so much. Everybody wants to be involved. Everybody knows every camera in the world. They, you know, we, we mentioned the, the the UK and the American TV, but listen, there'll be there'll be. TV from all over the world, you, you know, German TV is obviously going to be huge. It'll be on the Ukrainian TV, Australia, Japanese, everyone. This is the this is the fight. These are the two biggest monsters, the two biggest draws, because Fury's still out in the heavyweight division. It doesn't get any bigger than this. The thing is, and it's very core, though, you've got two, what we've seen so far, absolute gentlemen who aren't necessarily selling the fight. Do they need to sell the fight? I guess not, because the world's already in tune anyway. The, the narrative, the story, what could play out has already sold this fight. So I think this is going to be the weirdest massive fight final week we could ever have experienced previously because the two of them aren't necessarily great for media in terms of sound bites and everything else. Or hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully the hopefully Klitschko comes in dressed as Batman and AJ comes in dressed <laughs> as the Joker and we see some kind of pantomime. Fingers crossed. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Before we look back at the weekend just gone over in the States between the two uh, battering rams that were Berto and Porter, I'll tell you something, Headbutt City or what, but we'll get to that mm. in a minute. Um, there's been bits of news from the world of boxing that we're just going to throw our way. Yesterday we, we talked to uh, Tony Bellew about, obviously, Huey Fury, Joseph Parker being off for the WBO heavyweight crown, and we had a little bit of a joke and a bit of a Josh and a Jake with him about him flying over to New Zealand to save the day and obviously become uh, a two-weight world champion. It's not happening because, obviously... You could, if you want to fight Bellew, you come to Liverpool. That's how we were all. However, Huey Fury's fight is off. We are being told that he's injured. He's got a lower back injury. That's what we're being told. Now, every noise that's coming out of New Zealand and down south is saying, nah, that's a lot of nonsense. He just doesn't fancy it. He just doesn't fancy coming down here. I love it when stuff like this happens because then you start to get some proper needle. We've just been speaking about needle in fights and there isn't in AJ Klitschko. When there's a Fury involved, you can you can nine times out of ten guarantee that there's going to be some needle. And this looks like the start of some proper needle between Camp Fury 
and Camp Parker, who are denying that uh, Huey's injured. Yeah, I know it's uh, it, it's a strange one. Um, what, is this because he doesn't want to go to New Zealand? Then is it because you know he doesn't? Uh, he it's only doesn't... a month off it. Well, it's less than a month. Two weeks, it's isn't it? Two weeks. It's supposed to be week week on Saturday, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A week on Saturday. So he'd have probably been looking to go to. Uh, New Zealand, you know, if not before this weekend, then certainly straight after the weekend. You want to give yourself at least a week to to get used to being on literally the other side of the planet. Yeah. So uh, massively unusual. I can only imagine he is injured because you know this is what he's been pushing for as world title shot. There's no denying it. You know, it's massive opportunity to for Huey. We're told Huey was in shape, and he, you know, he, he's a guy that never leaves the gym, unlike Tyson. You know, he's and he's, he's just sorted his illness out. He's been ill for a long period of time. He's just we, sorted that out. Exactly. He's been we're told with that all he's that. been fighting at seventy percent. He's now fighting at a hundred percent. You know, then we had the issue with his father who couldn't get a visa, but that's all sorted now as well. So, for it to suddenly not be happening, I can only imagine. I've got to imagine. I've got. I can only take their word and go. Yeah, he, he must be injured then because. What other fights are out there for Huey Fury? Because it'd be different if, if if they said the champion was injured and the fight was off. Mm. Then I would smell a rat and I'd be like, okay, he's had a better offer from somewhere. Whether yeah. that's coming over here to fight Bellew or fighting Deontay Wilder or he just basically wanted to be ringside for this weekend because he could smell something a little bit bigger further down the line. But the fact that it's Huey Fury that's pulled out, you think, okay, well, who's Huey Fury? What, what options out there are better than this for Huey Fury. Can only if he has pulled out deliberately, it's it's got to be Wilder then, isn't it? Surely. Has, has he got the Wilder fight? Is that what being being led to believe? Because mm. we had Tony Bellew in the studio yesterday and Tony was telling us his phone's ringing red hot from Wilder, from Parker, from all those corners. So, you know, Bellew's obviously a bigger draw than Huey Fury. Um I, I don't know, it's it's such a weird one at the moment. And I if Huey is injured and this opportunity now has passed them by devastated for him because what an opportunity it was mm. um, to really jump up to that to that level himself but uh, as I say for me he, he must be injured he must be injured there's no way he wouldn't have gone mm. Huey was um, scheduled to be on our show this week obviously with that news that broke over the weekend he no longer is that's not our fault we'd, we'd have loved to have a chat with him but he's doing other things um, and I reached out didn't I to uh, to Big Tyson. Tyson. Oh, I sent Tyson. This is brilliant, right? Tyson spent all last week just abusing everybody on Twitter. So I thought, he's in a good mood. I'll send him a message and see if we can get him on the show. So I pinged him a message. Straight back, he just went, uh, um, I'm not doing any interviews at the moment. Yeah, but you're blasting Twitter, mate. You're giving it the big one, aren't you? Come on. You know what we do on this show. You've been on before. Let's just have a little bit of a crack. And he's like, oh, no, I'm not doing any interviews. Yeah, but you know that it's not an interview with us. We just let you abuse everybody if you want to abuse everybody. No, I'm not doing interviews. So that's that. So we tried for both Furies uh, with it being a big, uh, big build-up, obviously, for uh, Heavyweight Weekend. Um, and sadly, um, they uh, they shut us down. However, um, I've no doubt in the not-too-distant future when there's maybe a fight to talk about, the boys will be back on the show. Yeah. They're always good value. We'll get them back on. At, uh, at some point. Speaking of being good value, I say good value, this lad's more of a knobhead than, uh, than good value, Adrian Broner. We spoke about him on many, many, many times. Um, I just want Adrian Broner to get back to doing what Adrian Broner does best. I think he's a great, talented fighter. Being a cock. No, I think he's a great, talented fighter. I just think he's a bit of a dickhead, right? Yeah, that's what he does best, being a dickhead. Being a dickhead. <laughs> and he, he's been an, an ultimate dickhead this week because he hired an SUV um, in his hometown of Cincinnati. He's gone for a little bit of a drive. Anyway, police have pulled him over, and that car now has been filled with bullet holes. He's been charged for being um, drunk in a public place. 
It's just a mess constantly. He's constantly involved in something. Why can't you just stay away, Adrian? Stay out of the limelight, son. Just concentrate on your fighting. Someone has um, has obviously tried to put a bullet in him for whatever he's been up to. I don't know the ins and outs of what he's been doing for fact, but the facts are is that he was arrested and the car that he was driving was full of bullet holes. Mental. He's, um, he's just... He's going to throw away what could have been a, an incredible career just because he's an absolute dick outside of the ring, isn't he? You know, nothing changes with this kid. You know, and he, after that last fight he had where he fought his teammates in his hometown and stuff, and he was saying, listen, I'm, I'm a change. I've got to be a role model. I realise that. Yeah, but the next minute he's, he's having his ear combed while, while, whilst he's doing interview and slagging somebody off and then goes back into trying to be a nice dude. He's nice not changed. Guy, yeah. He's just talking the talk. Exactly. It's just, uh, I'm embarrassed for him, to be honest with you. I think he's, he's like a child, isn't he? He's like a man-child. And the, I think the problem is he's earned so much money so early on. Yeah. He's surrounded by yes-men. And, uh, you know, his, compl- his feet are 100 million percent in the clouds. You know, he's the most ungrounded fighter around at the moment. He's mm. just a fucking... He thinks he's Floyd Mayweather, and he's so far away from being Floyd Mayweather, it's ridiculous. And... Uh, it's hard to like him now. I can only imagine people buy tickets for his fights to see him get, get knocked, knocked out. out. Get him my darned. That's yeah. obviously what's going to happen again uh, in the not-too-distant future. Yeah, this will make you laugh. Uh, I was reading an article on the way to the studio uh, this morning, um, and it's regarding Manny Pacquiao, Jeff Horn, who were obviously delighted for Big Jeff, you know what I mean? He's that, yeah. That's it. He's retiring after this fight. He's made, he's made his Brewster's millions. July the 2nd in Brisbane is when it's happening, right? And this is brilliant. Manny Pacquiao, the headline is, Manny Pacquiao doesn't know much about Jeff Owen. No shit, Manny, we don't either. <laughs> we don't know much about him either, Sunshine. You're only going there because you're getting absolutely weighed in. We know why you're doing it, Manny. It's not like it's a challenge, really, is it? Come on, let's be straight. He's a painter and decorator for crying out loud. Brilliant. Doesn't oh, know much about Jeff Owen. Exactly. There's, it, there's nobody announced for that undercard yet either. It won't really matter. It won't really matter. They'll just fill it up with whoever. Oh, whoever, Jeff's mates. He's whoever's got whoever's he's got a few plumbers on. He's got a few pl- on, few yeah. electricians. He's got them all on there. There's a surf teacher on there. They're all on. They're all enjoying themselves. Having I a fan- right day. I out. fancy that though. July second. Let's get over there. We've got uh, a lot of listeners in Brisbane, haven't we? Oh, we got a good few. mate of mine. Oh, Ray yeah. lives in Brisbane as well. Let's yeah. get over there. We've got a few. Uh, we've got, got a, a few sofa surfing. Let's do a live show. Mm, we've got a few invites. Here. I'll tell you what um, I've totally forgot to do on the previous two shows this week. Uh, beer? Yeah, I forgot to talk about the beer thing. Um, so I'll, I'll do it now, yeah? Um, yeah? Basically, last week, Nick decided to um, plug a business. Um, has anybody phoned you? Because you give your number out, didn't you? It wasn't my number. It was oh, you were giving the business number Yeah, it was the yeah. business number. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't mine. Yeah. Um, so if you are a, a fighter that needs um, your medicals doing, your MRIs and all that type of stuff, go and listen to last week's show because Nick um, puts... Some information on there of how you can get involved. It's Fit to Fight UK yeah. uh, on all social medias if you want to go and have a little bit of a look at that. Uh, and on the back end of that, I thought, well, let's. There'll be people that are not going to the, to Wembley at the weekend. So you're going to want some ale, aren't you? You're going to want a few beers with your pals. Got You've got the pay per view on. You're watching it. You're going to want some scoops, right? So basically, we got approached um, maybe a month ago now when we were nominated for an award. Just want to throw that out there again. Um, which is this weekend, by the way, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but we were approached by a company in Denmark called Beer52, B-E-E-R, and then number five, number two, dot com. That's the website, okay? Beer52.com. Yeah. So what they do, they do craft ale. Are you a craft ale drinker, Nicholas? No, I wasn't, but I am now. <laughs> <laughs> G&T, isn't it? G&T on a, on a lovely Sunday afternoon. It loves a spritzer, don't you, son? That's it. 
<laughs> with his beads and his tan. We're going to get to your tan in a minute because someone sent us an article yesterday. Oh, God, I've seen Mate, that. it's brilliant. We'll get Wasn't to the, No, we'll get to it in a minute, right? But if you want some discounted ale, basically, I've negotiated a tenner off a crate, basically, is what I've negotiated with Beer52. So if you go to beer52.com, um, and on the front page of their website, there's a place where you can put a code in, and it'll automatically discount whatever you buy then off them. So if you put the uh, code FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, put that in there, and you'll automatically get 10 quid off whatever you buy. They do craft ales, like weird, crazy stuff, um, and they'll ship to you, hopefully in time for the AJ Klitschko fight at the weekend. So if you fancy it, go to beer52.com, put in our code FIGHT, and you will get uh, a tenner off whatever you buy. All right? Yep. I think that's decent enough, isn't it? I'm just on there having a little nose now. There's a there's a ten pack of beer. Yeah, should be twenty nine quid. That's reduced to nineteen. It's all like weird craft limited edition ales, is what it is. So if you're into that, if you're into your, like you go to these craft beer festivals and all that type of stuff, perfect for you. Absolutely perfect for you. You get a ten off uh, whatever it is. Before we move on to oh yeah, I'm on here now. It says ten pound off plus two free beers. Oh yeah, get an extra two. Oh, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. With Number our code, beers. have you put yeah, the yeah. code in? I've just put the code in. Yeah, yeah. you get so an extra it's two ten pound off and an extra two beers yeah, as well. Do. So. So you're basically getting 12 beers um, for 19 quid instead of 29 quid. There you go. And they're all like limited edition craft deals. Get yourself on, go and have a little bit of a nosy. Beer52.com, code word fight. Um, And before we move on to talking about any fighting, brilliant. Tony Summers, thank you so much for this yesterday on social media, mate. He's been a listener since day one as Tony, yeah. And he messages every now and again with various bits. He gets involved with some of our conversations. We really appreciate it, Tom. Thanks, mate. But he sent me, well, he sent us, didn't he? Yeah. Um, um, an Wasn't article me. that he uh, that he <laughs> that he had read from. When was this? It was the. Uh, I think from what I'm looking at it, it was the official program for mm. the 2008 European Amateur Boxing there Championships. You so, to- so Tony must have gone because he's got the program, yeah. Yeah. So he, he's opened the page where Vasil Lomachenko is being previewed. Who's previewing him? Old boy here, there he is. <laughs> Nicholas is there. Now, those of you, you know what Nick looks like because you've seen our social media, you know exactly what he looks like. He's got a lovely sweep over haircut. Yeah, he's got a lovely groomed beard, all that type of stuff. <laughs> Not on this. Not oh, 10 no. years ago, son. Not 10 years ago, mate. I'd tell you something, there were beads all over the place 10 years ago. He was doing the rosary on the way to the fights. <laughs> There's a picture of Nick. I'm going to retweet it because it's brilliant. There's a picture of Nick. He, You were hitting the sunbeds, man. Either that... <laughs> Either that or you were booming, swimming it, in Santropay fake tan. That's what you were doing. That, it was that Indian summer in Liverpool of 2008 that Get we all lost. remember with Does, that, that heat wave. Honestly, you look about... In May. He looks about 15, right? He's no, he's no beard on. He's perfectly tanned. He's got a lovely glowing smile. I'm thinking, that's a man that's not got kids in his house. Look at him. I'm telling you. Look at him there. He looks he looks beautiful, Nicholas. I uh, I seen that and I showed it to Jane and she was laughing her head off. And I she bet was she was, saying, yeah. What is, look at the state of that deep V t-shirt you've got on. Yeah, the V is—it's like Simon Cowell t-shirt. Mate, you look the like V a, is so low; it's like it. lower than me two nipples. You look like a member of a boy band. You're right in there. You're right in the mix, mate. Jane just—she nailed it straight away. She just went, "You look like a Guido. You look like a, a New Jersey Guido." <laughs> or you listen to the spiky you do, hair. New Jersey Shore. That's what <laughs> you look like. Shore, you look like a kid off one of them. Yeah. Uh, so Tony, you had us in hysterics yesterday, mate, by sending that picture of the program through. However, yeah, fucking thanks, Tony. One thing that Nick does take from that is that hey, 2008, I tipped Vasil Lomachenko to be the bollocks. Look at me, now nearly ten years on, and look at him. Look where he is. Nick knows his stuff. There you there go. There you go. There you go, mate. So, I think it's about time as well, Adam, isn't it? That I uh, that I pull that picture out of you from ten years ago. I'll have to go. I'll have to dig that out. And uh, which one? You know the one, son. Which one? 
The one where you're in pantomime with oh, my sister 10 shit. years ago. Shit. <laughs> so, you know, be careful what you do with <laughs> Nick the Guido, Pete, because... Uh, Have we spoke about this on the show before? Adam the Ugly Henchman. No, we haven't actually, no, no. Have we not? No. So, ten, this is really random, right? I mean, Nick of... I, I knew your sister before I knew you, yeah? Yeah. Because in 2007, 2008, literally 10 years ago, so while you were... <laughs> while while you I were was report- dressed yeah, as yeah. a guido. While you were reporting predicting, on- predicting the future of world boxing. That's it. That's what you were doing. You are reporting on Vasyl Lomachenko. I, uh, in my past life as um, a radio presenter in the morning, a morning radio host, right, of a, of a radio station up in Preston, I was invited to become a member of the cast of a pantomime in uh, at Guildhall in Preston, yeah? Jack and the Beanstalk, six-week run. Your sister is a top-class actress. She writes her own stuff, brilliant yep. singer. She does. She's do, been doing this for years. Your sister was uh, one of the stars of the show, and I actually acted alongside her. She's she, got was, a, she was like the villain, wasn't she? Yeah, she was the main villain, and I was yep. a henchman brilliant. in this play. And she's got a picture of us, obviously, together, of which she's had on your nan's fridge for God knows how long. Yeah. And then... Obviously, me and you get together, start doing this, and you go, that geezer on the fridge looks familiar. That geezer on the... Now, bear in mind, the geezer on the fridge has got makeup on and a balaclava, <laughs> right? Because I'm a henchman. That's what yeah. that, that's what henchmen were. They were balaclavas, yeah? And then, obviously, at your 40th, your sister then reveals to everybody in the whole party, thanks a lot for this, Linz, much appreciated. She uh, reveals to everybody, oh, yeah, that knobhead on Nan's fridge... This is him. This is him. This is Balaclava Man. <laughs> it's just like, oh no. So I haven't done it yet, but I'll, I'll be you're not. There. No, you're I'll not putting that on. There. You're not putting that anywhere. <laughs> that wrecks it. That wrecks the whole Fight Disciples thing, doesn't it? <laughs> Me walking around, makeup on, and a Balaclava. <laughs> Street Craig gone. <laughs> this is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Obviously, our all attention this week is about AJ Klitschko, but I just want to take a quick look back at what happened at the weekend just gone. If you want to hear our thoughts on the Liverpool card with Rocky and with Martin and with Masha, uh, go to yesterday's show with Tony Bellew. Because he was commentating on it for Sky, he's given us a full rundown on that fight. So it's there for you, fightdisciples.com. Download it, go and enjoy yourself. I want to look at Berto versus Porter. Yeah. Um, because we built it up last week as, mate, this is brilliant, there's no belts on the line, this is basically um, winner moves on to maybe Thurman or winner moves on to Spence versus Brooke, the winner of that. This is fantastic for the £147 division. Dead excited about it. We both picked uh, Sean Porter, and I've seen other professionals over the last week picking Sean Porter of how uh, they believe that he would overpower uh, Andre Berto. He did overpower him. We'll take that, that we yeah. knew our stuff. But blooming heck, the fight was spoiled, man, just because sometimes you talk about styles making fights. These two styles, because they're very similar, it yeah. kind of spoiled the fight a little bit because those heads just kept coming together and they just kept headbutting each other. It was just, it was awkward. Nobody could get any work done, really. It was a brawl, wasn't it? And that's mm. one thing I didn't expect it to be. You know, uh, I, I, I knew it would be... A fascinating fight because they are just so well matched. You know, I, I knew I, we give Porter the edge, but it was purely just because of his. He's just you know he's not been around the block as many times as Beto, if you like. But uh, you know, the, on paper it looked like it was going to be an absolute belter of a fight. But it, you're right. It, they just they just kind of negated one another, didn't they? It was almost like fighting into a mirror, and it just didn't gel. It was ugly. It was scrappy. There was a lot of headbutts going in there. Um, it, it wasn't what I expected it to be. But obviously, I thought, you know, Porter. What it came down to, he wanted it more. I think it came down to who was willing to go that extra mile and fight through it to get another shot at the welterweight belt. And you know, I thought 
on paper now, in the aftermath, it's a, it's a great win for Sean Porter. But uh, oh, it was a messy, wasn't it? Ugly. Mm. Do you think that they should go at it again or just move on? I think they move on now, yeah. I don't think it's the... It wasn't It wasn't a great fight where you'd be like, oh, I've got to see that again. You know, I want to, I want to see a rematch. But he nearly 100%. knocked him out with an headbutt. That's what but, he's doing. He's stunning him with his head, really, didn't he? And obviously, there yes, was a lot of head clashes going in there. But then the, the, the finish itself was a, you know, was, was oh, a yeah. good finish. You know, but was, was he not dares? So. Was he not dares because of the amount of times he, the, those heads were clashed? I mean, if I took that many headbutts, yeah. I'd be dares, mate. Yeah, well, they were both as bad as each other a little bit, though. They were both yeah. using their heads, and uh, as you say, it just didn't gel. You know, it just, it just didn't, it just didn't work as a mm. fight. And sometimes that can happen, but. Um, no, I think we move on now. I think Porter's got to move on and go uh, back for the Thurman. Go back for Thurman. Well, Thurman was there obviously yeah, at the weekend. It. I'd love to see a, a fight again with Thurman. Um, I think that's a great fight for this welterweight division. And you know, as for Berto, now he's got to go away and have a little look. He looked big again, didn't he? He looks so big at this welterweight division. You kind of think, you know, it's, it's obviously too 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 long now. Too, he's too too old now to be moving down divisions or considering anything like that. But at this position in time. You know where does he go from here? A little bit. I think he's got to try and see what happens. Maybe with the with the loser of Carson Jones versus Kel Brook, perhaps, and try and pick up the pieces from there. But um, Errol Spence, you mean? Errol Spence, sorry, yeah, yeah, Errol Spence, and uh, you know maybe face the winner of that fight, and that would potentially be the way back in for Berto. He's clearly still a name, obviously, and you know let's face it, we we talked about it last week. This was a great fight. It didn't necessarily need a belt or warrant a belt or the what wasn't really a belt available but you know these are two guys well within the top 10 of the of the welterweight former world champs man two former world champions Mm. yeah you know and uh it was just it just surprised the fight i just couldn't have scripted it like that at all you know yes we said porto was going to win yes we i think we even predicted that he probably went by late stoppage but um the fight itself just didn't play out in my mind the way i expected to um last week we obviously got excited about charlo versus hartley yeah um, and you alluded. Well, I did. I bigged up Hartley, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, quite yeah, yeah. a lot. I was like, you know, he's 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 the bigger puncher, and uh, but I tell you something, the pressure was on. But shit, oh, the bed. Charlo was amazing. He was sensational. Absolutely. What did I say? Right? There's no, there's no doubt. Right? Those Charlo brothers, they've definitely sat down over dinner. They've been having the the cocoa pops in the yep. morning and been going. Listen, mate, my coach grew up a cut last time out. Well, that's the knockout of the year. Well, I tell you what, motherfucker, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna do a job on this kid at the weekend. Yep. Did he do a job? Blooming heck, they knock out kids for fun, these two, don't they? Frightening. Absolutely frightening. You know, and uh, yes, I expected a big performance from him. After we chatted last week, I was like, yeah, you know what? Adam's right. You know, the, the pressure's kind of on now. That's These these two are pushing each other, these two brothers. But, you know, I, I always fancied the fact that the power was in, was the other way. On paper, yeah. the power was with, with with Hately more than it was with Charlo, but phew, I'll tell you what. What a uh, knockout. What a it knockout. It was a sensational knockout, and I think it was because Hately hasn't got that experience of, of riding the storm and, and coming through and, and being the bigger puncher. I think when he got rocked and hit, instead of holding and trying to cover or retreating, he tried to get into a gun show, and because it was obviously Charlo with the clearer mind, that's when we got to see that sensational finish. But what a punch that was, that finish to show. No, it wow. is. We do. Um, Great we, knockout. We have a listener, by the way, who is um, stateside. I think he's stateside um, because he messages every now and again regarding the American scene. He likes to keep us up to date with various things. I mean, he, he talks about Shakur Stevenson, people like that, who are, yeah. uh, who are, are up and comers, I suppose, yeah. in the professional ranks that many people over here might not know too much about. He goes by the name on social media of Cocaine Dawkins. I don't know if that's your real name, but Cocaine Dawkins. 
are you laughing at? Um, knowledgeable guy. No, really, no, he is good, and he was just uh, he likes to keep us up to date with uh, all those types of things. And he was basically referring uh, to the Charlo twins as being absolute animals, proper animals. And um, the even though one of them's now stepped up in weight uh, to the next level, don't don't uh, rule out the brother to go there as well and these guys to become multi-weight world champions rather than just uh, obviously uh, dominating one weight division because they've got some serious juice in their hands. Yeah, they really have, you know, and, uh, if, if, you know, <clears throat> you, you, you can't, you can't not draw comparisons really with like, the Klitschko's and how the Klitschko's dominated the heavyweight division. If these two wanted to, the performances they're putting in, the sensational knockout of the year performances that they're dropping at the moment, mm. It's really hard to look past them dominating, you know, in and around this weight division for a while. Be interesting to see what happens when they, you know, move up to middleweight as well. Yeah, it'd be great. Tasty. Um, speaking of sensational knockouts, mini Mike Tyson. Jesus Christ, he was wow. in action at the weekend, wasn't he? And um, for those that are listening, not in the UK, um, it was the first time that BT Sport and Sky Sports went toe to toe with each other since this new deal came in at the weekend. Um, it was in Leicester, the BT Sport card, and the top of the bill was obviously Tommy Langford taking on um, young Kudzidze, Mini Mike Tyson. Yep. Um, and this was for the WBO interim belt, which is obviously then next in line for Billy Joe Saunders at middleweight. Billy Joe Saunders was in attendance, of which we will get to in a minute. Now, Tommy Langford, much bigger, much longer than his opponent. I would have, yeah. I, I, we said last week, we think, keep him on the end of your jab, dance around for 12 rounds, you become the interim title, and therefore you, you get your shot at Billy Joe Saunders. He engaged. I mean, to be fair, Mini Mike Tyson... Got inside very early on. First yeah. round, he was in. He was in there. I'm thinking, shit, how's he got in there so quick? Wow, wow, wow! What's Tommy doing? What are you doing, mate? Get him, get up, get on your back foot. Get him on the end of your jab. He just couldn't shake him off. He couldn't get rid of the guy. And the knockout. I think it came in the fifth round, something like that. Yeah, massive left hook, Tyson esque. I know why they call him it now, mate, because it was just a Tyson punch. It was brutal, wasn't it? Absolutely brutal and. Uh... You know, I think up until that point, I thought Langford was was fighting the right kind of fight. You know, he was he was trying to keep it long. He was moving well. His footwork was very good. He wasn't engaging too much. But you always felt that the the power really was with uh, was well, I'm going to call him Mini Mike Tyson. I'm going to try to tempt his name, but you always felt that you know if he landed, but wow, when that shot come. It really was one punching out, wasn't it? You know, I'm glad the referee stopped the fight. Obviously, he was upset, Tommy Langford. He wanted Langford to carry dropped on. back to his feet <laughs> and uh, wanted to carry on and stuff. And, and you know, he, he, that's that's what makes these guys fighters. You know, they they do want to carry on, but um, absolutely uh, no no qualms about the stoppage, mate, because he he went down heavy, really heavy, and. Uh, yeah, it was a very impressive performance. What do you make of uh, the press conference afterwards? Billy Joe was there. Obviously, now it's Billy Joe versus this kid. Yeah. Um, it all got a little bit heated. Billy Joe's chucking his toys around, you know what I mean? And then young Mike Tyson gets up and he's like going, come on then, son, we'll go now if you want. Let's get it on. This yeah. is See, this is what we want. We want a bit of needle in a press conference. Come on, son. We do, yeah. I'm interested now. I'm interested in this fight. That's been confirmed for July, hasn't it? Mm. That's, that, that's on July at the, uh, down in London. Yeah, I don't think they've got a venue yet, but it's been confirmed for the 8th of July. I believe so. I, I got it. I bought into it, and I was like, "Yeah, great." You know, I think Billy Joe is a is a far better boxer than Langford, and I think Billy Joe it's a completely different fight. I think then we might go, "Oh, that mini Mike Tyson's just way too small for this middleweight division." But when you've got that kind of fight and power, when you when you can land like he can, you've got that kind of confidence going into a fight. Billy Joe's not been the most active fighter. Uh, it, it changes the, the 
changes the horizons a little bit. My only issue, of course, is the fact that Billy Joe, he must be devastated because, you know, he was so close to getting the Golovkin fight, so close to it. You know, we were told that it was all but booked. It was set for the Ukraine. All Golovkin had to do was come through with a good performance against... Uh, last time out against Jacobs and the fight was going to be announced and Billy Joe was going to be there and it was going to happen at this expo event and it was all done, contracts were signed. But of course, Golovkin-Jacobs was such a close fight that we, we were now pushing to see a rematch of that fight instead. And Billy Joe is going to have to pick up the pieces with this guy and this guy looks like he can bang for fun. So it's uh, a feel for Billy Joe, man. Talk about losing your lottery tickets and then, you know, waking up in a pile of shit or whatever. That's <laughs> This guy's got no luck but bad luck. Do you know what I mean? So if I was Billy Joe, I would much rather have been in Liverpool waiting for the waiting for the winner of Martin Murray versus Rosado as a title fight rather than this uh, than this little killer because, you know, as I say, that this guy can punch and he proved that again on Saturday night. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Uh, now then, just to finish off, um, thank you so much for all your well wishes because this is the week where it is awards week. Saturday night, yeah, okay, we've got AJ Klitschko, but just before AJ Klitschko, I've been doing a bit of shadow. By the way, getting excited. Was it? In a, are you going to do? You're not going to do this at the awards <laughs> ceremony. Are you? you can't do that because not everybody's up. into the boxing, mate. It's just me and you. I don't care. Did you see that write up in the uh, in the Times? You wouldn't have seen this, would you? I haven't seen it. You know oh. me. What did it say? Oh. You have to send me the link. The um, the Times, which is, a, if you're listening abroad, this is a newspaper in the UK. They were doing a, a write-up on the British Podcast Awards. Oh, right. And how um, podcasting is changing the face of the way that people are consuming radio. Very technical, and for a geek like me that's been involved in radio for a long period of time, I was quite interested by it because people are changing the way that they consume stuff. I'm sure people listening to this right now consume their audio in a totally different way than what we did 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Rather than turning on your radio in the morning, you want to listen to what you want to listen to, whether it be us or whether it be something else. It doesn't matter what it is. We're, on, we're, we're living in an on-demand world now where people can consume whatever it is that they wish to consume. And we thank you so much for deciding to come to us, um, whether it be once a week, twice a week, three times a week, this week, five times a week, doesn't matter, but we appreciate you coming uh, and, and being a part of what we do. If this is the first time we've got lords, go to fightdisciples.com. You can subscribe via iTunes and become a part of this on a regular basis. But the article basically was written by one of the judges at the Podcast Awards. Oh, wow. Guess what category he judged? Sports. He judged the sport category. Wow. And he obviously, Our category. Our category. So we are nominated for Best Sports Podcast at the British Podcast Awards. The awards ceremony is this weekend. I'm a little bit worried now, mate. Do you know, like, when you um, obviously have ultra confidence in your product and you're confident, yeah, man, we're going to go down there and we're going to take over London, we're going to do what we're going to do. Yeah. He didn't mention us in the write-up. <laughs> <laughs> he mentioned two of our... He only, To be fair, there's five shortlisted in our category and they, he mentioned two in that category. Uh, the football one, I think, from the geezer that's done the Watford... Uh, football club podcast and he mentioned one from the Daily Telegraph which is another newspaper by the way um, about the Tour de France uh, cycling and all that you think it's a smoke screen he's I'm put thinking, the smoke screen up yeah he's, he's put I'm, the smoke screen yeah well hopefully mate hopefully it's a smoke screen otherwise me and you are just going to be leathered shouting abuse at people at the back <laughs> of this room um, so that's what we've got this week so thank you so much for all your um, kind thanks words thanks for listening yeah, yeah thanks for all that and thanks for 
um, the lovely messages of support uh, and also for your vote because there's two awards there's a listener's choice awards as well and I know people have voted for us in that so thank you so much the links are on our uh, Facebook page if you want to get involved with it so we've got that first and then we've got AJ Klitschko so if you are on our I'd say Instagram we'll do this on Instagram so if you're an Instagram follower at Fight Disciples on Instagram come and be a part of what we are are, are doing yeah um, then we will we will do a, one of those stories. Do you know, like when I was bugging you at the uh, at the uh, at the fight for Terry Flanagan? Terry Flanagan fights. We're going to do a stories, are we all? We'll all do stories on Saturday. Yeah, so, so from see, the awards and yeah. then from the from the fight. Yeah, so you can follow us. We'll have a bit of a crack. We'll be at the awards. You can find out whether we win, lose, or draw, and then we'll go up to uh, AJ Klitschko and we'll get you behind the scenes and all that type of stuff. So if you're watching it at home and you fancy a little bit of extra action go to our instagram account there'll be something on there for you all right um thank you very much for listening fightdisciples.com for all our podcasts this week there's more to come we've got a ufc show tomorrow and then hopefully we'll have a, a final preview show on friday for aj klitschko and you can be a part of all our social media facebook twitter instagram at fight disciples and just as i go just as i go um i am being informed this, this is how hot this is mate are you ready for this for hot off the hot off the uh, press drop news it. drop it um, Scott Quigg, who was our guest on Monday. Yep. Um, Scott Quigg was our guest on Monday. He's fighting Simeon. Um, Simeon, yeah, on Saturday. I am uh, being informed now that it is now an IBF world title eliminator. Brilliant. So therefore, the winner of that will fight Lee Selby next. Tremendous. So that you, you now know when we record this show. So, <laughs> so, when you, so when you are listening to this right now, that literally has come through to me in the last three minutes. There you go. So winner uh, of the Wembley Clash could face Lee Selby next for the IBF Featherweight Championship of the World. There you go. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.